Greetings, everyone. Uh, welcome to another episode of Astronomy 20. Uh, but tonight is a very special treat. Tonight we're going to actually get started on Conquest of Spaces. So with that, uh, we're going to actually go ahead and explain the first chapter and explain what is uh, Conquest of Spaces. Conquest of Spaces is essentially going on the on the game premise of Starfinder. The great thing about Starfinder is it's Pathfinder, but in space. So, uh, from there, we're going to go ahead and explain a little things that we've changed here and there. Me and Aaron have been essentially creating this story for a long time. Very long time. So, um, I want to say it's about like eight to nine years in development. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, it's been a while in development. And we thought actually it'd be interesting to uh, bring this story that we've been working on for a couple of years. At least the world we've been building just for fun um, and bring it into Starfinder because it's really a perfect combination. So the major changes that we wanted to do to Starfinder is the race changes. So uh, there's five notable races, uh, two of which that we've added cannot be played because they're not really, they're either too intelligent to play or too unintelligent to play. It's literally opposite ends of the spectrum. It's fucking amazing. Yeah, essentially. Uh, so the first one we're going to talk about is the Organi. The Organi, if I remember correctly, everything of the detail of the story. So the Ganis are essentially very tall, very thin, very pale, almost translucent skin. And their face, they don't have hair at all. They essentially, if anyone remembers the race that is essentially within Star Wars, the Clone Wars, if remember when um, Obi Wan goes to this, ba like this, uh, like this cloning, uh, cloning medical engineering center, and there's this race that is this tall, lanky, this very, very intelligent race, and essentially I wanted, to, I based off of them. When I initially found them, uh, but anyone that does, isn't familiar, it's essentially, if you remember American Dad, Roger, except not gray, not fat, and not fucking chunky, and and not as stupid. Yeah. <laughs> so essentially, they're like I think they reach the highest is like seven feet tall. Yeah, around seven feet, and actually they're also often called uh, this the slur, the bony apes. Yeah, there's that. <laughs> So they're very intelligent. They're hyper-intelligent. They are the reasons why technology exists within the, in the, the universe. So they, they can see the different things that we've created as a lesser species, technically. And they can show us how they would better. Yeah, so it's not that um, other species and other races don't create technology. It's that they create technology and exponentially faster rate than other races and they're a very very small group there's probably only thousands of them yeah uh the interesting thing that i want to note about this is the fact that they're very monotonous they don't rely on social uh, social environments they're very if they need to interact with another organi they actually just share research notes <laughs> That is their entire conversation. Essentially, that could be essentially their form of flirting, if you will. <laughs> but another thing, good thing about to note about them is they're genderless. However, 
they will take the genes of the, per the person they choose, the, I mean, the other Organa they choose, and they create a test tube baby. Yes, and this is their whole uh, birthing. This is their whole birthing process. They create a bunch of test tube babies in order to uh, weed out the best results. And obviously, they don't keep anything that. Yes, yeah, special guest Paul. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. What's up? So, are they not able to test no, no, they don't. They don't deem it fit to, to their uh, their genetics. I mean, I'm sure they can because they they could be technologically capable of doing such a thing. But, but there's no point for them. Logically, they wouldn't do it. Yeah, okay. it's all when it comes to them. Everything is about logics. Isn't logical? They would never do it. So another race that I would like to talk about is the Madradians, the very feral, unintelligent creatures. Yes, right. So if you've I mean, the Madradians invaded Earth. Um, they're poisoning the water supplies, poisoning the Earth, and that caused a lot of uh, a huge refugee crisis, actually. And so, when we talk about the Madradians, we talk them in a very heavy, low light. The fact that you know, we hate them. <laughs> <laughs> so, the thing about the Madradians are it's essentially a cousin of another uh, race. However, it's a playable race. Now, the race. The Madradians, being cousins, are genetically altered and modified so that they can adapt faster in any any environment. So they can adapt to to aquatic, to land, to air in any any form of way that that best fits them. So that's what is the danger about this race is the fact that they can essentially polymorph to whatever the fuck they wish. I mean, it, it won't. It, I think. The last thing that we, we, the last report, sorry, that we know about them is that they've already started to attack the lands. Yeah, which is uh, it incredibly. Won't be, yeah, but it, even then, it won't even be far when they start growing wings. Exactly, which I mean, that's scary, especially being that they were introduced as aquatic creatures and already are invading land. I think the best way to like really captivate what is in the water. Is essentially a hybrid of fish and cricket praying mantis-like creatures, or or like literally huge piranhas. Yeah, <laughs> piranhas with fucking mantis-like arms. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Um. So that is Madradians. Uh, are you gonna go ahead and talk about the Droxins? Yes. Yeah, the cousins of the Madradians. Right. Now the Droxins for us, we wanted to keep it where, hey, we need a, a race that is aquatic. We want them to be, hey, we're gonna, you know, get into a deep sea fucking kind of scenario. Yeah, because which... because they're uh, distant evolutionary cousins of the Madradians, of course they're also going to be aquatic creatures. However, they don't um, adapt and rapidly reduce and have all these uh, evolutionary um, mutations like the Madradians do. They're very slow progressing within the mutations, and that's why we uh, humans were able to contact them without any fear, which is great. But however, when they do have to come on land, uh, they do have such things as apparatuses that allows them to breathe through the gills. It, essentially, if you ever watched Hellboy, um, I don't remember the 
character's name, but it's the fish guy who essentially whatever he touches, he can see he can see the past, the future, and the present. So think of that aquatic system, and however, it also has a very uh, tricky effect. They can use their apparatus as a way of essentially evading battle. Let's say you get in a fight into, with, a, with an Adroxin, and it's getting really hot to and you're about to kill him. His last resort he would use is essentially to spray a mist of toxic water. It will damage the, the player, and he'll essentially try to get away as fast as he right, can. Right, because it also doubles it as, as a smoke screen, really. Yeah, exactly. It's a very thick, very unable to really see through it. It's very toxic to the eyes, the skin. Like, so, like an octopus um, ink? Kind of, except octopus inks, you know, they, they stay in the water since it's in the water. Yeah, However, for us, it's like steam... But toxic it's steam. The same, uh, yeah, concept, but, but I'm it is so the same would, concept. Yes, I, I, I know, but I'm saying so that the, the player can have army. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, another very and it, it was very well designed on the part of me and Aaron, and I want to talk about it. And it's the Altics. Okay, so the Altics are actually a very hierarchical race. Um, actually, you could say they're probably the most human-like race of them all. If you want to take uh, temperament into account, their hierarchy is actually not only socially enforced, but it's it's become something that's so that's been so socially enforced for so long that it became the norm. Yeah, the norm, and also it's affected genetic differences between the different hierarchical pa- classes. So there are three main different hierarchical classes of the Altics. There's the Broncolos, the Broncolens, and the Broncolons. Broncolons, yes. Want to talk about those? All right, the di- three different, uh, let's say, classes or caste systems. Um, let's start with the low. Obviously, from how it sounds, they're the lowest bunch. So essentially, what we we call them or recognize them as the working class people who are, you know, striving to make sure that they have some food to eat. So, these are naturally more thick-skinned and very humble to what they do, whereas Runko Lan are in high society, the ones who don't really have to do much, who can enjoy pleasures more than anything in the world. And, of course, there is the Brunko Len, the militaristic commandos of this race. Um... A thing that I would love to describe in, in great details, and mind you, every single Altic is a different color. And I mean different color. <laughs> I don't- I can't exaggerate it. So, the Brunko Lons are the basic standard colors that you would see in a rainbow. Whatever you choose, and then, you know... They, yeah, they, so base colors. Base uh, colors. And then and their hair can be any colors they wish. Their blood is even any color they wish. But it has to be of the base colors. Now let's get into the Brunko Lons. The Brunko Lons, the pastel colors. The very light, the very easy on the eye kind of colors. Whereas the Brunko Lens, they're the dark colors, the things you cannot miss. Is the chroma colors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like deep crimsons, blacks, deep browns. Dark grays. Dark grays, intimidating colors, yeah. yeah. So that is the Altics in their skin. Um, 
their another hair. their hair. Another good trait that I wanted to say is their hair. Yes, of course. And um, their hair to us is kind of like it's a like horse's a, mane. Yeah, lion. Oh, yeah. It is exactly as a horse's mane. However, the side of the head is perfectly smooth. The lines from the tip of the skull where our widow's people be went all the way down back to to maybe like the middle of the spine or, or about no about the top of the spine or about like a little bit mid back to top of the spine yeah, yeah. Now around that so area, it can go pretty long it can it can grow however when they have this hair they use it as a symbol of what they do Brunko loves keep it tight in, in ponytails or in anything that, that can keep it well maintained Runko lens keep it short, where they can have it where no issues, no can grab on the head and, and look braid it. Is. And they can braid it that way. If they bra- if they grab it, they can have an advantage. They always look for the advantage. Brunko lens, they don't really give a fuck. They have their hair wild. They want to show off what they are. So they're very show offish when they Brunko lens. They're like essentially showing off that they're the wild. They're the wild, yeah, essentially. Well, they're they're yeah. the stallions if you are using. Right. Yeah, if you're, using, if you're using the the horse uh, reference, of course, there are stallions, and they're very standoffish. It's it's a very interesting race. Now let's get to mating. Oh my god, this gets a little tricky. We've seen a lot of different sci-fi genres that openly accept same-sex and uh, having both sets of genitalia. This specific, specific race, and, and sorry if I'm getting a little nervous, but this is the only race at sexual maturation they can choose, or their body chooses for them, depending on their, you know, their, their significant other, what their genitalia is going to be. Let's say, mind you, their sexual uh, maturation is like maybe like 10 years old compared to every others. But yeah. however, they look mature and they have to go through this process in order to actually be assigned a gender. So, when we come to, let's say, a human meets a, a altic that's young and you happen to be male, the estrogen levels are going to start to skyrocket within the, the body of the, the altic. The opposite is true, then the altic will start having uh, testosterone. So therefore it'll start developing the correct the correct genitalia. However, there are such things as the mutations. Uh, one is uh, essentially hermaphroditic, which means they're going to have both the male genitalia and female genitalia at the same time. The second one, and this is Gonna be a difficult one to explain to everyone, but they can change their sex at will. And both of those mutations actually cannot bear children, so. Those are the only ones that cannot bear children. However, the ones who have already chosen their assigned sex can essentially create children with any race. However, it'll always look as the dominant race. Their race is not dominant at all, they're very fluid. They will, if you, they mate with a human, they're gonna make another human. Just by the, the genetic makeup that the human already offers, they're just gonna essentially replicate. And then we're getting to the very, very 
just top marks. <laughs> the top, top marks, man. The Volcarians. So the final race. The final race. The brutes. The very strong-headed. The very interesting and intricate kind of race. This race, for us, represents a very screwed up society. As well as a very strong society. So it's like a warlike tribal society is how I would explain it. Right? Oh yeah, that, definitely um, that. Their their environment is harsh, so that's that's how they've evolutionarily developed. And this race is huge, tall, brutes up to three hundred fifty to four hundred pounds, mm-hmm. six foot ten to seven feet. I Just mean, all muscle. These are made to destroy. This race for us reminds us of rhinos and what was the other uh... dragons, like kind no, of no, like they, they were r- r- rhinoceros and mixed in with hippos with like lizards. Yeah, yeah, like They're, lizards. They, were, they have they don't have the scaled lizards per se, but they have essentially a very toughness of skin. Yeah, like like rhinos. Well, yeah, rhinos, however, but it has like a very lizard like feel. It has the, le- the leather feel like a snake. If you ever. Yeah. Uh-huh. Tasha's snake, it feels yeah, like it feels that kind of soft. It's smooth, but not being. And their yeah. body type is a rhinoceros on fucking steroids. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like, you think rhinoceros already is fucking a deadly beast? Oh, God, you don't want to fuck with this kind of race. They're intelligent, which, surprisingly enough, this is what people kind of like, oh, I don't want to deal with that. They don't have the high enough intelligence where they can create stuff, but they know battle tactics. That is what they're raised on. So, one thing, I can't even get into it. I'm sorry, audience. I'm really sorry. I can't even get into their special treat. Spoilers. Spoilers. I can't get into it, and I'm sorry. But guess what? You're going to get into it if you stick around. I will let you know on this special surprise. Alright. <laughs> so, so, I guess we're starting. Huh? Let us introduce ourselves. Of course, you know me. I am your dungeon master, Alex Rigatori. Joining us as players tonight is Aaron Sayback. Of course, as always. Kudo Mitsuki. Ahaya! And our returning special guest, Aldi Acosta. <laughs> so, adventures. Star gazers, tell me about your character. Let us start with you, Kuda Mitsuki. Oh, me? Um, mm-hmm. Oh, um, story time. Yeah, story time. Um, my character is called I Mitsu. Can you spell that for me? A I M E E T S U. Right. She's her brother is envoy. What is an envoy? Um, they are the diplomats. They are the ambassadors for different ships for the different. So if we're gonna compare it to Pathfinder and say the best thing you can really do is kind of like a cavalier, yeah, where you can use your charisma to in order to. It's, you know, incite of an ally and kind of debilitate a foe. Yeah, it's kind of. So you're a uh, what is called a controller. In, in a sense, she's kind of like a support class, and in the sense of um, how they work, it's kind. Of, it's kind of like if a cavalier and a cleric have a baby, 
but minus the healing factor. That is exactly what I'm playing. Um, she's a cultic. Um, and her theme is that she's a iconic. Her theme, theme, but, uh, themes in this uh, game essentially give an edge to what do you want to build your character to be. There are all sorts of different things. What she chose is iconic or celebrity. That's going to be an interesting factor because I do have something special surprised. So, um, she is a medium size. She chose to be a but, um, she can be a man if she wants to be a man. So she is genetically mutated number two. Yes. Alright. Um, basically she changed into a male every time she needs to go to a spine issue. And in her regular female form, for her regular day life. She's a Runkalan, thank you. And she has, if you want to think about it, it's like she's a, her hair is mint, like a soft baby mint. And then her skin is like strawberry shortcake smoothie. Like that light paint skin, and then her blood is white. Um, oh, and she has magenta colored eyes. That is a very interesting mix. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, She's candy. Oh, and <laughs> she is candy. And, and um, one of her, like in D and D, people will put flaws or or strength. Her flaw is that she's. Have an addition to candy, so, <laughs> so she would do anything from candy. So, of course, you already see a theme there. <laughs> you already see a character theme there, which is candy-based, which is interesting. We're not going to go into bios in this game because I'm going to essentially create a bio that is going to be both interesting for the character as well as challenging. What do you mean? See, we're going to be starting from how she's going to essentially begin her scene. Oh, okay. So, I'll, I'll bring some stuff up that is going to be an interesting combination. Uh, but that's generally who I need to and the player Kunamitsu is. Let's get into Aaron Sebae. Okay, so my character actually is Lucian R. Lloyd. He is a military mechanic, actually. Well, his class is a mechanic, so he does specialize in a lot of the technical aspects of um, this universe. He will know how to repair things much more efficiently than others. Can work with electronics, things like that. And, as mentioned, military mechanic, he has history with the military, so that's something that might come into play at some point in the story. And he has some ace pilot skills, which is also his theme. So he has proficiency with piloting vehicles, any air vehicles, any space vehicles, any land vehicles, that's all him. So this character, Lucian Arlor, he is, you know, a typical guy, early 20s, brown hair usually, tied into ponytail or let loose, and brown eyes. He comes from this atlas called Atlas 3. Something that was mentioned in the radio pod 
uh, radio news broadcast earlier. The Atlas is. So he does come from Atlas... Oh, sorry, Atlas 1, not Atlas 3. And that's the Neo-Tokyo city of Atlas 3, so he... Atlas 1. Sorry. Say Atlas 3. <laughs> and that's... Okay, calm mistake, calm mistake. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the... That's a Neo-Tokyo district, or Neo-Tokyo city of Atlas 1, so... It's a very gritty, grimy city, a lot of poverty in there, but a very lively spirit. And that's where he gets his very rambunctious, very um, head-buddy attitude, I would say. So besides that, that's really all you need to know for this character. Alright. There's also actually another character, and this is something we discussed. We might actually switch DMs occasionally during the series. And there's another character that will come into play that's called Hayden. Do you want to talk about that, DM? Oh, yes. It is my character, believe it or not. And I created him because, of course, this came from my story. And I created him to be essentially a badass. I'm not going to lie. I, In my head, I always pictured him to be a badass. However, this is where he actually was drawn out. And, you know, hey, he... It befits his story. So, my name, his name, sorry, I mean, I, I can be him in English, but his name is Hayden Blackwell. He is a soldier slash operator. <laughs> so, the two different classes are essentially, hey, he used to be an operative for some secret, uh, top secret missions, and then he became essentially a straight up soldier where he is essentially versatile for the military. He is human. The theme that befits him more is the mercenary, where he's viewed as captain and leader. He's actually closing in on his 30s. <laughs> he's getting a little older. So yeah, uh, Hayden comes from, his home planet is Broken Earth. Uh, it befits him for the fact that he essentially was killed in combat by a Volcarian, a very strong brute that crushed his left side, his spine, his lung, his arm, his shoulder. And essentially left side. So when we talk about that, we'll see what what is the remnants that happen afterwards. And it's gonna be a very fitting story for the fact that he is a broken madman coming from broken earth. Oh, oh I like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Alright, so, so he's gonna be a little bit above the other characters as of right now, but of course we're gonna, you know, tie the story together. So that is in Blackwell. And guess what, guys? We have one more surprise! We have our special guest that created a character all herself. Good. So please, Valdi Acosta, <laughs> explain your character. Explain your wonderful character. Okay, so I, I was originally going to do my Snuggie cage, but then we just kind of, it was like, uh, too much on it, so... <laughs> well, she's going to come into later the story. It's oh, just Snuggie Kings yeah, is yeah. going to come? Okay. Snuggie Kings is part of the Fall of the Seven Kingdoms campaign that she uh, played previously. But I couldn't fit her in the beginning, so we're gonna yeah. get into her in a little bit, but as of right now, she created a character that kind of followed in her footsteps. What yeah. inspires? Sorry, I had to make that joke. I can pretty much just correlate that she works for Snuggykins. It's just a very, 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 very distant future. Dude, it's parallel worlds, who cares? <laughs> anyway, so she's gonna be playing a Yusoki. Yeah. Yusoki, which is part of the uh, cute little like the people. the base uh, race within uh, Starfinder. So she's gonna go ahead and explain. So, go ahead and, so what um, is your character? What is her name? So uh, my character is little cute mouse people, and um, I want my character to be like you remember like the 
Uh, Chip and Dale Rescue Rangers. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh my so, God. like, you know, the cute little girl rat? I want her to look like that. But, you know, not entirely, obviously. Yeah, of course. We but don't like, have copyright. With, yeah, but, you know, like, this kind of like, you know, she has a little bit of hair, but make it look more, I guess, rat natural. Yeah. And then, or mouse, whatever the hell. And, um, you know, just make her look feminine. But, yeah. again, what is her name? Um, her name is Kiki. Um, Kiki the Mousy. Yeah, Kiki the Mousy, and then um, I also named. For, sorry, the, sorry, it's Kiki D Mouse. Yeah, oh, yeah, exactly. She's Kiki Italian. Mouse. <laughs> Kiki the Mouse. <laughs> Go ahead. And um, and I also named the little. Uh, it's called PDI, right? It is. Yeah, we have a, so, a thing known as the Person Data Interface, which is essentially your personal little. Data pad thing. Yeah. Essentially, is a multifunction tool. Yeah, yeah. So I also named that. So the future iPhone, basically. Yeah. Yeah, a little series person. <laughs> um, so you named your PDI. Yeah. What is PDI, the name of PDI? Um, in short, it's Nana, but uh, to me, she's the navigator. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> okay then. Cheesy. And, <laughs> I love she, it. and she navigates for me. Uh, hello, I need to be cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> Puns. Yeah, so like I want, yeah, I want my character to be like a little pun, but like all it's all the mouse puns, cheese all the cheesy oh, puns, all the cheese puns. All oh the cheese my puns. goodness! Um, it's all gonna be Gouda. Yeah. Oh, Sorry, I had to have a horrible one. Um, and essentially, you know, my character is, you know, they do their own kind of thing. They're kind of like under the radar in certain cases, and other times it's like, oh, I know who you are. You know, like that. Like, some people know about me, and other people don't, because I'm, I'm sneaky. Oh, okay. And so, like, kind of how, like, with Snuggikins, but not in the same sense, because everyone knows Snuggikins, against their will. So basically what you're saying is that uh, you sell things? Yeah, I sell things. I'm the kind of guy, like, welcome, what are you See, buying? She is the unfortunate Jew. Yes, but not as bad as she is a black market. Yeah, I'm a black market. (laughs) She's a walking black market. (laughs) Um, but I'm not as bad as Snooky Kids. I'll be a little less of a Jew, but I'm still Jew. Okay. And and, um, and yeah, and so that's why like some people know of me because like under the the radar stuff, and then other and then other people are just like. So that's where you got your sex story, huh? Yeah. And in other cases, like, who is you? you? You're just this cute little mouse person. You got a good deal. I. Alright, thank you so much for all of your explanations. I really appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for putting the effort. Uh, let us begin. Conquest of Spaces. Okay. Yes, Chapter please. 1. Numero uno. Good evening, and thank you for tuning in to Galactic News Radio. I am Jack Madison. Back in the year 2148, Earth was introduced to a formidable and silent foe, the Madradians. The Madradians soon poisoned bodies of water and began slowly to poison the Earth's land, leaving Earth in her broken state. With Atlas I completed and Mars' terraforming efforts, mankind still held on to hope. 
However, Mars declared independence, forcing the USMC, or the United Space Marine Corps, to take up arms against the Martians, resulting in a bloody civil war. Atlas I has been pushed to the brink of a capacity as residents and refugees attach broken ships and scrap metal to extend what they can to house more. With mankind at stake, humans have joined forces with the Altics in order to complete Atlas II, La Rosa, Atlas III, Scotland Yard, to house as many humans as possible. Thank you for tuning in. I am Jack Madison, and this has been Galactic News Radio. Okay, so we're going to start off where I need to. You seem to be stranded within your ship without gas. How could you? Yeah. Me? What happened there? Me? Oh, my. <clears throat> Copex? Yes, mistress. Why are we not moving? It seems that you are out of fuel. No, I have all the candy that I need. See, Bob? I am not talking about candy, mistress. Oh. Your ship is out of fuel. My gummy stuff. I've already sent out the SOS distress. You have about 15 more minutes until someone shows up. Someone has intercepted our call. So, maybe I, I mean, Colette, you have received any message from Homeland? No, there are no new messages. And then she grabs a bubble gum, she put it in her mouth. So, what can I do to put this thing to move? You must wait until you have sufficient fuel oh, in to power up your system. <sighs> you have an incoming transmission from a Kiki. Demos. <laughs> I accept the transmission. You are now connecting to Kiki Demos. Hey there, I see you are in need of some assistance with your ship. Indeed, because I forget to refuel it the last, the last time I went home. Well, I can help you with that. You don't need to worry about waiting any longer for someone else to assist you. Well... How can you help me? For a fair price, I can give you some fuel and you just fly away. How much is your fair price? She's already offered to give you some fuel. Your entire tank filled for 2,564 credits. Oh, just that? Kovacs, just do the transfer and give her... Mistress. I do see that she is inflating the prices. This is unfair and unlawful. Unlawful? Your tank is only worth 1,834. Mind you, they're having a song. You can't. Okay, that's fine. She she said, open the communication. Communications are open. Oh, I see. Well, I guess you can go back to where you came from. I will just use my emergency capsule to go back home. Codex, please heal. Mute it. What am I supposed to heal? I don't have gas! I don't know how to get gas! Codex, what was the name of that big ship that I was contracted by? You mean Atlas One? It was a, I believe it was like a military force. I don't quite remember. 
Generalissimo did not give you enough data for that project. It has not been named yet. Can you please contact me with Generalissimo? He's busy at the moment. Push forward. He's not answering. He seems to be in combat. I recommend that you take Miss Kiki's offer. You would not have a chance to visit another gas station or a fuel station anytime soon. She is your only option. And, what, what, and where was the place that we need to go? We need to go to Atlas 1. Only seven amount of time to get there. I don't fucking know. <laughs> I can't measure light years away, okay? I can't do it. I'm not a fucking rocket scientist. But essentially it's going to take you about less two hours to get there. Okay, human hours. First okay. off, you changed to the wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that measurement of time, though. <laughs> Two hours. <laughs> Sorry, I was out of character. I wasn't playing video. This is like just... new space time, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, Two um, hours. Okay. So um, your codex goes. Yes, we'll be there in two hours. And you will be able to make back your money if you successfully book a venue. Keywords successfully. Open communication. Communications are open. Hey, little one. Yes? If you can throw me some candy with that gasoline, I will pay you the amount that you're required. Okay. What kind do you want? What kind did you have there? Oh, sweetie, we have everything. Then everything. Can I have everything? Yes, you can. Yes, you can, can have your entire stock. So you essentially... said some candy, not all I know. I know. I know. So you're essentially going to offer about 5,000 credits for all your candy intake and, uh-huh. the, and the gas. Okay. And that's not that bad because I, I gave it in that one other mission, like, I don't fucking know, like, two. more than that. So. Either, either way. So she, when she sees the mice of Asep, she looks at her, at her corner and you see everything is candy, tubes are candy. The candy is floating in, 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 special, in special jars, kind of like the lava thing, but yeah. instead of being lava, it's candy. Yeah. <laughs> so lava lamps, but with candy. <laughs> yes. 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 And, and not like, only is it candy balls, it's also like like a yogurt kind of candy and taffy and shit. Oh, God. Oh. That's fucking delicious. Jars so. of chocolate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> <laughs> So she she said, Thomas, can you please do the transfer? Transfer is complete. Engaging in physical physical transactions. Package received. Oh, this so can she, she sends like a little capsule that kind of just goes into your intercepting uh, valve, essentially. And, and it kind of just, here it is. Here's candy. It's all your shit. And then, and then, she, then got, she got the box, and then she's like, thank you for your business. I hope I can not see yourself. Oh, you'll see me again. Roll me a d20. Give me a d20. No. I got a take one. Oh no. my god. Natural one. <laughs> Doesn't look like you'll see her. Anyway. Um, so, you essentially start heading as you're already fueled up and you receive your candy. And you head towards Atlas 1. It takes you about two hours in FTL. Mm-hmm. Very large colony ship that seems very seems like it's been worked on a lot recently. Like it's like they added sh- ship parts on top of ship parts. Oh, so it's all overpopulated. It's you can obviously tell it's becoming overpopulated and overcrowded, 
and you see where the area is, and you're going to essentially start entering where it is known as the heap. A heap of metal that is contracted of everything together. So, you arrive to Neo Tokyo, and you essentially dock your ship within the heap. And it is not going to accept your your ship very much longer. It's essentially telling you you must go ahead and head towards the Satoshi Port A sector. So you have to go all the way around the other side. Alright, so... Which you do in no time, and you, you park your ship in the Satoshi Port. Meanwhile, after suffering some some battle damage, Lucian R. Lloyd, you're in your ship, and you're heading back onto the Sedona. The Sedona? Mm-hmm. The third commanding fleet that is widely known within the USMC. Okay, so this is the ship that I have been stationed on. We've been stationed on about three years now. Okay, so I'm heading out of the Sedona? You are heading into the Sedona into okay. sustaining battle damage on your personal fighter. Okay, okay. So, uh... You essentially just essentially took down a couple brigands, and you shot them down, and you left them for dead, and stole their, their loot. Their sweet, sweet loot. Alright, I'm returning. I go into the Sedona. So you go into the Sedona, and you hear a very interesting voice call to you, and it kind of brings you a little bit of joy. You never were good at flying, were you, kid? Sir. <sighs> You know I'm an excellent flight. <laughs> I'll never let them rig a hole where my motor is. Yeah? Well, have you had ten of them on your tail at once? I had twenty. Beat that, kid. Hey, I can't say a thing. That's why they call me Master Sid. Well, you know, I'm gonna need this repair, Sid. Sorry, buddy. You're on your own. I taught you well enough. If you got any things you need to replace, I might help you out. But go ahead, make some acquisitions with the requisitions officer, and we'll see what's going to happen. Right right. now, i got to pilot the ship back to Atlas 1. So, you're able to give a chance to work on your ship. Guess what? It's an engineering skill check! Okay. So (laughs) I have all the supplied parts. You give in basic repair parts. Okay. So... I need you to success three times. Roll th- three, three, uh, three d three successes. Okay, three, it's a, it's a a, a d twenty. Right. Roll me three successes. Then you successfully repair your ship. Okay. Yeah, However, rolling. two failures, and you do a half-ass job. <laughs> How many times am I rolling total? Three. It's best of five. Best of five. Okay. Okay. So you were working essentially on the hull and anything that's been damaged on the and surface. Plus an engineering. <laughs> that's tough. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah, that's thirty-one. Yeah. Oh my god. So you you you're excellent at repairing the the surface. Oh. I, I forgot how many points I put into engineer. Yeah, I know. Okay, you're able to patch up any uh, uh, technical problems going on. So you're actually checking the systems, and the systems are reading okay. Okay. Plus 12, though. 
Why is it dirty? You actually actually find out that your engine is out of out out of date. Okay. It's past its prime. It is no longer anything that you can be able to use anymore. So I need to replace this engine. Is basically you need to replace your engine. All right. I guess that's the first test when I get into uh, Atlas One. No, so you essentially three, find no other issues I, I with your ship. Three successful times. Yeah, he oh, needs okay. to have three successes, and if he does two failures, then he does a half-ass job. Okay, so he's all. Each three that he rolled were successes? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Because that four was plus 12 was fucking 16. And uh, the DC, yeah. the initial DC was like 10. Oh, okay. It was not challenging. That was a very... Actually, no matter what I rolled, unless it was a one, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think the last one was like 13. But even then, you still be <laughs> So, you guys... Well, Lucian. You were able to find all the issues wrong with your ship. Okay. You fix the main parts of it, but the essential part is still the engine. Yeah, to so Of course, the you've already said, hey, I'm going to fix the engine when I get to the end of Tokyo. Now, you can explore the Sedona. It's going to be about a day or two to get to the end of Tokyo. A day or two? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm already familiar with the Sedonia, I imagine. You are, but you're not familiar with people on it. Okay. You kind of were a loner and kept to your... How do you say your... My babies? No. My mechanical beauties? Your bedroom. Oh. <laughs> that's that's depressing. You want to describe your bedroom to the audience? Yeah, so um, being that Lucian is a mechanic, basically he never really had uh, sufficient space for bedding in the Sidonia, but he was eager on putting his skills to work, so... He put some crates together, literally shipment crates, a re- open, a rectangular shape with an open side. He just attached curtains to that side, and it's basically a tiny Hong Kong-esque bedroom, shifting curtains, crawling in the middle, laying down between some crates, and that's the bedroom. Like a fucking cop. Mm-hmm. Well, not a cop, but like a very, like... Cramped fucking yeah, very cramped. cramped apartment. <laughs> very cramped. Like think of New York. Like a hallway. Think it's of like New hallway. York's like one bedroom apartment. No, no, no. Even tiny. It's not even a one bedroom apartment. It's literally studio. a studio where the kitchen is the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Think of that, but tinier. <laughs> it's basically just a hallway, like a small hallway. Yeah. Wow. And that's just where you sleep, or that's the entire. Higher home. That's where he sleeps and does whatever the fuck. Yeah, he and there's like a there's like a makeshift hammock, and that's that's basically, and some some belongings. He has an actual fucking room. He chooses not to have exactly. it as a okay. Exactly. Real time living. Right so the captain or the commander is requesting you onto the bridge. Lucian will head up to the bridge. What did I get a message from my PDI? No. Well, you hear that over the intercom. Oh, over hey, the intercom. Lucian, uh, think you you were uh, specialist R. Lloyd. Need you in the bridge. Okay, so Lucian is heading straight for the bridge. Mm-hmm. So you go up to the bridge. You pass some corridors with bulkheads that you know. You see a lot of people going around, and they're kind of like talking to themselves, and they're talking about you know what are they going to do when they come to Neo Tokyo, and most of them, what they kind of hope for is having a shore leaf where they can essentially explore and do whatever they wish. Right. 
So, now, as you're passing by, you kind of just don't give them any mind to it, and you essentially ignore them. Uh, but as soon as you get into the bridge, you see that Master Sid is essentially arguing with a commander. Right, what can I uh, hear from this argument? You hear that I'm going to lose a specialist over something stupid. This is not something I signed up for. I need him here. He's my top engineer. We lose him. He's like, look, this came from the orders of General Lisa. We can't do anything else about it. The more we fight about it, the more General Lisa is just always going to get his way. And they keep on mumbling, mumbling. And finally, the commander turns to you. Commander? It's gotta be a shame losing you. Losing me? Here's official reports. Generalissimo is requesting your engineering prowess. Lucian's just reading over the reports he was handed. Essentially what the reports are reading is Lucian R. Lloyd, who had been promoted to first lieutenant. Actually, second lieutenant. And they're requesting that you, the leading engineer of a very secret project that the Generalissimo has constructed himself, Known as the Germania 2.0 project. Germania 2.0. You know about this, Commander? Yes. This is the same ship that was valiantly known and has fallen into enemy hands and destroyed back when we needed to deal with the Volcarians. You mean the top of the line ship? The Germania? Yes. And guess what? You're now having the option to do it even sleeker and better design. <laughs> oh, this is an engineer's dream. Yeah, you're telling me. I mean, don't get me wrong, Captain. I'll miss you, but it's the Jermaine. I know. I know. I don't know who they're going to select as commander over there, but please be careful. Why is that? Oof. Never mind, I shouldn't ask. <laughs> it is the Generalissimo we're talking about. Exactly. So, I hope you the best. And I hope they don't take Sid as a pilot. And I'd be dealing with nobody. Anyway, you're dismissed! I. Then you kinda. She sees Sid kinda like stroking his beard a little bit. He has a bald head, but he still has a beard. <laughs> and he's just kinda like. Yeah. He kinda like. Beckons you to him. Come. <laughs> Come here. Lucian, Lucian, you know, just kind of slightly walks up towards Sid. You hear about this Germanian project? Yep. Wouldn't you kill a pilot something like that? I mean, guess who's piloting it? No. <laughs> Sid, my man, you're piloting the Germania? That I am. Oh, it man. is my dream. Back when I was flying with a Germania, I was just a simple engineer. Now I got a chance to pilot. <laughs> tan my hide. I'm ready. Oh, yeah. should tan my hide, too, because... Shoot. I can't wait to see those engineering parts. I even hear rumors. They're going to have 1,500 top-of-the-line engineers. 1,500? Yeah. They say that they want the project done in 14 is that possible? Oh, hell yeah. With all the resources, you can take your, your stuff and shifts. Either way, I, I taught you better. Come on. It's not possible. If you were having this, let's say, 2,000 engineers working on this project, oh, I bet you can do that in 10 days. 
Well, yeah, yeah. If you double the shifts, uh, half of them at night, half of them at day, 12-hour shifts each. Yeah, I could totally see that. See, now you think it. Now you thought it. Now you got it. Anyway, better run by me those schematics, and I'll give you my expert opinion. Deal? You mean, I'm also dealing with the schematics of Germania? I'm creating the ship? Oh, everyone's doing everything. You're either going to be the one leading the project, you're going to be the one essentially assembling all the parts that you want on it. Guess what kind of tier ship it is? Tier 3? Oh no, buddy. Tier 4? Double it. Oh, oh god. That's right, you're in charge of doing a tier 8. Oh, oh god. At this point, Lucian looks like he's in ecstasy. He's just imagining all the beautiful top-of-the-line engine parts. Drool is kind of seeping out of the corner of his mouth. He's wiping it away. Oh god, it's a tier 8. Oh my god. Out of character, I can see the character set, like, with the, the, ah, and the angel he was parts flying to him with little angel wings. And he, and, and he had one little tear. Card- <laughs> Cardinals are lining up towards him, blessing yeah. him. Santa Maria Madre, those. Okay, you can cook me <laughs> with the tear. So, like I said, run by me the schematics, and I'll give you the. Master Sid special. I got you, Sid. <laughs> and Lucian retires to his uh, compartment. Alright, it goes by a day. Meanwhile, we're gonna go cut back to Aimitsu. Aimitsu is aboard near Tokyo, and she is in Satoshi Port A. She's essentially delivered a message from her royal highness. And before even Codex speaks, the message pulls up. As if she's literally just hacked through your thing. She says, I'm not gonna give a fucking shit if you're not listening. I'm just gonna do it. I need to. My queen. Go into the governor's corner, speak with Councilwoman Blackwell, and report back to me what she wishes to be done. Remember, you are an ambassador, and I do not want to hear any threats. Is that clear? Clear as the rings of the moon. And of course, as promised, you may try and do what you want. My queen, I have a little concern. Are you sure you want to send me to this? I mean, I'm just a kid. And kids must learn. Yes, my queen. If you want to be a celebrity, you must do things for the people. Yeah, yeah, mothers are the same. I'm sorry. She begins to braid her hair and meanwhile she's talking to the hologram. Now go. Speak with Councilman Blackwell. I know you're saying. Is that understood? Understood, my queen. And she puts up. So. Oh, I hate my aunt. <laughs> it's like a little kid. Oh, I hate her. <laughs> so you're. Are you going to obey orders or continue to do it a fucking wish? She's going to, um, swipe her head into the codex. Codex, do you have the coordinates? The coordinates, you said? Yes. To where, mistress? To the lady of Blackwell. Do you mean Councilman Blackwell? Yes. She's located in the governor's court. How far from here? Only a 45-minute walk. Not that bad. Can you 
tell me if there's any pubs or musical places around? In the sector you're in, known as the Satoshi District, there is no such thing as bars that, that occur here. You may want to suggest going to Neo Tokyo, the mega city. How far? You're going to have to ride a jet cycle. How many minutes? Only taking roughly about 15 minutes on highway. Hmm, what about my jetpack? Jetpacks do not allow you to have that distance. Take me to the coordinates. As you wish. And she begins to follow her. Codex essentially leads you to a very tall building, and it literally reads out front the council uh, building. <laughs> she, it, 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 you know, this like the council assembly. She she looks and she put her hair out. She she shake her hair. Her hair begins all in like in little spikes, and she's like, hmm, should I put it down? Should I put it up? Eh. And then she just grab her hair and roughly do a little break, but having still parts that it looks wild. And then she walks in. He leads you to the fifth floor, and it is essentially a room by itself. And you see a woman working and writing, kind of frantically, as she seems distracted. Excuse me, may I come in? <sighs> and who may you be? I am Aimisu from Atlas 3. I don't have anyone coming from that Atlas. May I help you for anything else? Lady Black Horse sent me. I have a. You must be the niece. Ah, yes. Please, have a seat. She dropped a small bow and she she sits pretty elegant. She stopped biting the bubblegum and she swallowed the bubblegum. At this time, you are known as the ambassador of your people. You also need a strong ambassador. However, your aunt has informed me that you're not battle ready. No, I am not. I've never been in the battlefield, unless if music-wise. If it's music-wise, I am excited. I need you to take this paper. It is from the USMC. We have a bunch of numbers. No, letters as well. Can you can you read common? Yeah, not my forte, but yes, I can. I will read to you what it says. Contents of that letter essentially comes from the generalissimo of the USMC army. He wants you aboard a secret project that you will be the sole ambassador and learn how to deal with the different issues within the universe. You, I meet you, are in charge of making sure that the ship primary mission actually comes to fruition. I also have something that I need you to do on my part. Yes, ma'am. How can I assist you? I need you to ensure that the safety of someone I know is part of this mission. Do I need to... Use my other face. Whatever you must do. Seek out someone by the code name of SEAL. You're gonna have to try and see if you can get through some security. See, isn't that a soldier? I, I kind of overheard that. It was a redacted officer who was part of the same secret redacted team. I do not know any further information. Your job today is to make sure that she is part of your project. Alright. It is also your job to convince the journalissimo of her worth. I don't like her. 
But I guess I can try to charm. Do your best. Yes. Now please see yes. yourself out. Alright. Meanwhile, Lucian Lloyd, you have essentially just docked within Atlas Form's port authority. You're essentially now decontaminating the entire ship and starting the docking bay process. Here on your PDI. Guess what? We're in Atlas One. Yeah. I'm aware of that PDI. Are you? Are you really? This is my homeland. I, I think I know a little bit about Do you it. know which part though? I mean, aren't we at the heat? How lucky this time. <laughs> anyway, of course, bring all your credentials. Yeah, you know how those ladies are at the desk. Oh, yes. So magnificent. Anyway, obviously you are aware that we are getting shore leave. So I I have to to the commander's private notes. But, yeah, uh, we're getting into shore leave, and we're going to, you know, be here for 14 days. Look at that. that. 14 days. Exactly. It's great. It's wonderful. You can actually get started on private. I suppose they based my shore leave Exactly around the time it would take to go to Well, it was more generally seamless pull, but hey, hey, whatever, whatever you want to believe. Hey, buddy, whatever you want to believe. Uh, they're going to be starting processing in 30 seconds. Okay. Thanks for the heads up, bud. Yep. Welcome, bro. Go! Alright, PDI, calm down. <laughs> I am bored on this ship. You don't understand that? Cheers. Go! <laughs> Alright, so Lucian uh, walks forward out of the decontamination deck, heads for whatever's in front of him, what's in front of him. Alright, as you're kind of, you know, getting all the fucking hot air just mist on top of you and shit. fucking hot air. <laughs> yes, the fucking hot air. Uh, so you get all that hot air hiss on top of you, and it's essentially starting the standard form of decontamination. And once you, once it's all done, you see that the bulkheads kind of spawn over Double doors kind of reveal a very large area that is heavily populated. So it's not as it was before? Exactly? Nope. Nope. Not at all. By the time that you left three years ago, you can see that the area that is known as customs has now exponentially grown, grown with the people already trying to wait and see in shipping containers. And they're making their own homes and beds, and even passing the time. Refugees, as you yes, refugees and people who are just trying to make a living there. As you look to the left, you see that there's humans and autists. They're the ones close together. They have a very special relationship. Those hey humans. So the human and altic area are essentially divided into two different shipping container colors. So you see that the the humans are in red containers, and they're essentially just passing time by playing cards and and essentially just talking to each other. You see that there's some intermingling within the uh, objects. You see that one object essentially is fucking somebody right out. There's just right out in the open. the open, bro. Oh my god. They're okay. even asking for money. <laughs> for the Go show? figure. For the show? For the show and the sex. Wait, wait, no. Are they asking money? So for the, the show and the sex. Okay, so they're asking money for whoever the fuck, plus everyone who's watching is like, yo, there's some piece to it. Exactly. Wow. To your right, you see Valkarians. 
and the Valkyrians and the black shipping containers, whereas the orange shipping containers house the Droxes. Damn, so these are all color-coded? Yeah, they're color-coded. For what reason? Racism. To make sure that, that everyone has their officiate by the ambassador who allows them to enter the city. Okay. Uh, that's why they have a color code. So, if your name is under a color-coded, you know, shipping container, they can essentially keep a list at long where you are. Okay. So, you see that the Bulgarians in their sector are essentially wrestling each other. They are fighting for dominance. They have no fucking problem about it. So it's just a noise. I'm hearing pounding on both sides. You do see on the third floor of a shipping container that you hear grunts. Very loud and heavy toned grunts. As a female is getting fucked by five Jesus Christ. What a sight. You can obviously tell she's not enjoying it. Right, okay. Because for them, as we always mentioned, it's about conquest. Sex is a necessity. Ah, what 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 am I smelling in these? Oh, and the droxes are just kind of like touching each other. They're not doing anything. They're just like just playing cards. This is fascinating. They're kind of fascinated about everything, so they're kind of curious and keeping an eye on everything. Okay, they're kind of just natural curiosity. What what does the air smell like? I want to get a whole experience. (laughs) The air smells like piss, cum, and New York. (laughs) (laughs) Just. So Just dirty water, out New York. dirty water, piss. Yeah, not New Jersey. No, New Jersey at least has n- nobody living there. Damn. Damn. I apologize for for my DM, alright, guys. Sorry. I kind of grew up in New Jersey, and it sucked. I'm sorry. Hey, I li- hey, suck. hey, everybody says that. I like New Jersey personally. Paramus represent. Hey, well. they try to. I'm sorry. They try to be nice, but they're. The middle uh, thank you. Anyways, let's, let's go on. Let's Either go. way. Anyway. So I'm heading over to the customs uh, desk. Alright. So as you enter the customs desk, and in every process, there's somebody has to officiate. A woman is sitting there by the computer in here, clicking, clapping. <sighs> Lucian R. Lloyd, here's my ID. And he hands the ID. She kind of rudely grabs it out of your hand and says, state your business. Uh... Business or pleasure? Anything. Just write anything. You must give me an answer. Look, okay, I'm going to fuck some whores. She stops as soon as she heard whores. Looks up. Stares dead at you in the eye. And he winks at her. Continue. (laughs) So mark down for Your Your details, sir. You really want to know the details? Okay, I'm going to purchase five whores in the uh, Korean district. I'm going to take them back to my place, and I am going to chain fuck them. Human centipede In a train? Style. Okay. <laughs> I love how you said it. Are you really? Are you getting that? Getting that all down? Yes, I am actually reporting yeah, yeah. to the police right now. I'm kidding. You can go ahead. All right, thank you. And he takes the ID and heads out. He liked the fact that she was a good sport about it. <laughs> so as you hear the 
bulkhead kind of hisses open as you see that slowly people are entering in and about. And you see that the, your entire crew members of the Sagona have been accepted into Neo Tokyo's gradualist, illuminescent lifestyle. The area, as you come to see it, is bright with neon lights. It is known for its nightlife, and it will always consider it to be the best place to party, gamble, and the expensive prostitutes. <laughs> so Las Vegas, got it! It's a mixture of Las Vegas, New York, and... Hong Kong. Japan. So it's a mixture of, like, the really big cities, and they got a lot of, of different cultures going and on. And Switzerland. No, Switzerland's dead. Who would expect that, right? Anyway. <laughs> so, as you come in, you see that the buildings are, are a very Korean Kowloon city where everything is stacked upon each other, and they're they're tall. It, 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 they're so tall that it starts actually affecting your fucking equilibrium when you get dizzy. That's how tall they are. They're like in fucking sky with the ones in fucking Asia. My, yeah, they're, they're fucking stacked up high. And mind you, they look like apartments complexes on yeah. top of par- another apartment top complexes and they keep going on for rows and miles an hour. So you, you see no end to them. They're, they go up like this. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot yeah, of them. And, and, as they they look going. like fucking Lego blocks that someone didn't do correctly. Yeah. Okay. And as you see that there's a main road, you see all these neon lights, different colors. You're getting XXX live shows, you're getting fucking donkey show. Jazz clubs. You're getting jazz clubs. I'm, I'm actually kind of surprised you didn't laugh at the donkey show joke. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting some, uh, some, uh, what is that? What is that movie? Clerks. clerks. Yeah, clerks. You're getting yeah. some fucking clerk stores. You're getting fucking you're getting a whole bunch of different things going on, and they range from every music genre, kind of bars and clubs, to the down and dirty, raunchiest fucking porn shop. All entertainment. All entertainment. So you are essentially in. You just already passed the the heap, and you just actually entered the Kowloon City. Okay, so Lucian is just sniffing the. Piss scented air. <sighs> My city. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I want you to roll me a. Um, a... Isn't the city worse off compared to the last time? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely worse <laughs> off. No, it's definitely than worse off. Yeah. So it's, you can't be I need you to roll, like, roll me a culture is. check. It's still my city. <laughs> okay, culture check. Hold on. Okay. Oh, you gotta get the go roll. That's 23. 23. When you speak about the culture and what you remember three years ago, it's exactly the same kind of culture. Nothing. Yeah, that's not time. You already see, there's a part of the area that you see to the, a little bit to the right about yeah. three men in very business-like suits. Dark, black, shades, kind of clean-cut, different hairstyles going on. Yakuza, huh? Yep, they have their... They're swords at their sides. It doesn't look like a, a full katana. Look. It looks half that. And they just kind of have it on, the, on their thighs. But you the can baton. clearly see that they're carrying weapons that are obviously illegal. Yeah. And they're just walking down to your right. 
directly in front of you, you see a group of very bright colored folk who keep their their swagger up in the air. Kind of don't really give up, and then they kind of push people out of their way. Your typical triads. And then in the mixture of all between, you see the hookers, you see people on the floor, Slavic squatting and fucking playing craps on the fucking floor. Or whatever the fuck the dice rolling game is. And it's a, it's a whole different gender. It's a whole fucking, uh, not gender, but a whole different kind of thing. Right. And it's, it's, it's the same thing you remember three years ago. Nothing changed. Okay, so this is bringing back uh, memories for Lucian immediately. But he's not here to sightsee. He pulls up the PDI. PDI. What's up, bro? Alright, I'm gonna need, um, what was the name of that medical center that Kim was at working at? Oh, you talking about that, uh... Yeah, my childhood really... friend. Yeah, but... yeah, yeah, I, I know who the bitch is. I'm just saying, trying to remember the stupid, cheap-ass, run-down fucking clinic that she's... Yeah, it was pretty cheap, I gotta admit. Kind of tells a lot about her character. Just say, just hey, say, bro. Hey, hey, just hey, say, bro. Do you want anyway. me to reprogram you? No, 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 we're good. Anyway, <laughs> so I think her thing was the Shinfuku Clinic? Yeah, the Shinfuku The Shinfuku, that's what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. Alright, I'm gonna need directions to that. That is in the Busan district. Busan district, okay. Yeah, you're about like fucking 3,500 kilometers. Oof. Sorry, my bad, my bad. My calculations are off. Uh, it's actually 450 kilometers. Okay, oh, that's still a huge a, difference. Still a, di- yeah. still a distance. Still, still a distance. Still. You had me scared there for a second. Uh, PDI, scan for. Nearest jet cycles. Do you know how many jet cycles there are in the goddamn area? Just look. Just dude, dude, like, not even to you. Look. Scan for the easiest ones bar. to hack. There's a jet cycle bar to your left. Have you? Did you hack one of them? Hack one of them, goddamn it. You want me to, you want me to break the user agreement already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, bro. I can break this shit every day. Uh, let's do this <laughs> shit. Right, roll, me, roll me a hack a check, please. Alright. That is... Computer check, sorry. E- okay, so that's 25. So, damn it. Stop rolling, guys. Roll what he wants. This is the only game he gets to be lucky, damn it. Somehow, yeah, know, right? somehow <laughs> I'm getting good rolls. <laughs> somehow. So, as soon as you hear, like, give me, like, 0. 0.2 seconds. Okay, done. So. Okay, so I just see the lights of one. You hear the cycle. lights kind of just flash. And it's one of the pimped out ones. They, they got Ooh! There. Good choice. Funny yeah. enough, he had shit security, bro. You really need to check. Like, I can't even explain to you how shitty his security was. It's like, his firewalls were like a fucking... It's hard, man. It's fucking hard. Yeah, who knows? Anyway. But yeah, it's gonna go about 150 kilometers an hour. So be careful. Go on the highway. You're gonna, you know, do some calculations, do some barrel rolls. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know. Just being joking. Anyway, so what you're gonna do is, yeah, go on the highway. We'll get to Busan in like less than ten minutes. I gotcha. And he hops on this uh, decked out jet cycle. And now the jet cycle. Is, explain to me how a jet cycle in your life looks like. Okay, so I imagine it kind of. Um, I think jet cycle. I think kind of. Um, between either clunky or sleek, propelled in the air, and 
and they have these lights, these bright lights, obviously, for signaling and for often for decoration that will just leave a streak behind them. So, so you you see it as a more hovering type of vehicle? Yeah, or something that transfers between ground and hovering. Yeah, yeah I, did, I did see that a lot. So I do see very sleek wheels, but I do see the wheels being able to... Levitate. Like, they're not real wheels. Yeah. Like, have you seen that Yu-Gi-Oh! series, the DX? No. No, I, I have that shit. shit. No. Fuck that garbage ass <laughs> no, Not at all. Cartoon. You've just offended a huge portion of the audience, no doubt. You've just offended everybody that enjoys Yu Gi Oh! the original. Shame on you. I never said yeah, I liked it that fucking series. It, it, well, just, just reminding them is already an offense. Just saying, bro. Just saying. Anyway. But they do have a one particular vehicle very similar. The other ones, I don't know what the fuck. Yeah, I don't know are. what you're talking about because I never watched the show, so. It's fine. Anyway, so you're going to go ahead and uh, take, a motorcycle, take a your time. Meanwhile, besides me, you are heading towards um, Neo Tokyo Central. Okay. And as you head to Neo Tokyo Central, you see an area that is just full of TVs with advertisements, lights going crazy around you. So many nightclubs. You hear the beat of music just raving through the air. And it's it, it's literally just making you happy. And However, you, and you see her bumping her head, like moving her head uh, in the beat of the music. However, something happens to stop the music altogether. It's silence. The, the TVs have gone black. All the lights are off. And for the first time in a while, Neo Tokyo actually looks pitch black. What? Blackout? And all of a sudden, you see a figure, and he's wearing a mask. I am Aegis. Welcome to the digital world. The problems on Neo Tokyo are much more grave than you think. The head of the triads has been killed. Why? We don't know why they're killed, but they need to stop. Or Neo Tokyo will go in disarray. And all of a sudden, the screen fades to black again. And all of a sudden, back on the screen, you see a, a very tattooed Chinese man in a chair who has been shot in a Trinity style. Head and to the chest. So in, in a triangle, basically. In a okay, triangle. Okay, it's known as a Trinity execution. Yeah. Because they shoot him here first, and he still lives. It's kind of like, I'm hitting your lungs. Yeah. And then the head is the final, final blow. blow. Yeah. It was to make him suffer. It is known that the Yakuza style of execution. You hear a bunch of chatter all around you. Who the hell is Hades? What the hell is he talking about? What? What the hell are we looking at? Who is Hades? I don't understand. The triads? What? what? Is that the Yakuza? Can I roll for, for culture? To see if I know about this person, or if I heard about this person before, you can know. Let's go Trying to under uh, above twenty-one. You do not know who this man is. This man has been an elusive secret. 
His voice modulation actually makes it impossible to even get any grounds. Like his voice is all like digitalized or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. She looks around and she's like, huh. I guess this is normal. She throws an apple gum, and and what she does, she's like, Codex, do we have any coordinates for this seal person? Scanning. 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 The name seal does not seem to be recollected in any parts of the city. I hope she had more clues than just seal. It would be difficult to find her in this mega city. Scan for... Broken Earth birth certificates for anyone who's called Seal. Scan it. Scan it. I only have two hits. Two hits are very correlated to her. However, Seal is not a birthday, rather a nickname. Oh. The file has been redacted. However, further study seems that the Neo-Tokyo security wing, they have someone of the same genetic makeup. Where is this... Tokyo Wing. Neo Tokyo Security. They're on the topest level of the center of Building 86. Um, is there any way that we can go there on its own objective? No. Around Building 86, there is an EMP field that actually discredits any electronics. Going there, you will have no backup. I will not be able to assist you. Look for a military force. Capable to summon this person. There are no, no known military forces. He is a very elusive person, mistress. I apologize. Because I died to die, I guess. Send me the coordinates where I can find. Before you even ask, you feel a bump hit you on, on your shoulder. And you see a female kind of putting up her hoodie and then quickly fading into nothing. Codex, do you track her? Scanning. Scanning. Very faint. Footprints are being left. I can only follow by heat signature of her footprints. Tell me where to go. Hurry. Follow this way. And she. Meanwhile, <laughs> sorry, I'm cutting your short shit. But there's a lot of things going on. And it's like I'm trying to put it all together. <laughs> so you're in the Busan district, and you find Shinfuku uh, Clinic. Okay, Shinfuku Clinic. Here's where it's fun. You see a group of cadets, or grunts, and they're drunk out of them. Alright, they're kinda hushing and, and getting loud at most of themselves. And you see that one is an altic and two of them human. They just graduated through the rigorous training of being the USMC. There, in the alleyway, that gives you a shortcut to Shinfuku Clinic. Oh, okay. These kids are my shortcut, huh? Lucian pulls his shirt over his head. And kind of wraps it in a turban-like style so that only his eyes are showing. His body is in full display, though, his upper half of his body. And there's actually a gang-like tattoo uh, on his back. He pulls his gun out, kind of sneaks up to one of the cadets playfully, and shoves the gun right into his back. So as I was saying, guys, what the fuck, bro? Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck? Give me your money. Nah, son. You don't know who I am, son. <laughs> Give me you, dog. your goddamn money. <laughs> and all of a sudden, you feel cold steel press against your skull. Oh, shit. Drop. 
the gun. Yeah? Else what? Your brains actually paint the shitty coat of this goddamn Armena, enough. Yes, man. You know, the triads aren't really gonna like your attitude. I'm gonna kill every single one of them. Yeah, will you? And he goes up to her and attempts to knock the gun out of her hand. And roll, motherfucker. Yeah, roll! You have to roll for that. That is a combat maneuver. You best get lucky, then. One. You got a nine. Almost. Plus one. Combat maneuver. It's your dexterity. So you get plus four. So it's nine plus four. So thirteen. Okay, so thirteen. Thirteen. So as you try to dance around, she slaps your hand down, kind of elbows you in in the on, on the jaw, mm. and points the gun at your nutsack. Don't fuck with me. At this point, Lucian is kind of chuckling. <laughs> yeah. And he slaps the gun out of her, or he attempts to slap her the gun out of her hand. So, uh, basically he gets, uh, 23. You don't slap it out of your hand, you manage to swipe it out of her hand. Okay, so I swipe it out of her you hand. swipe it right out of her hand. And I dismantle the gun in front of her. Indeed you did, because she's standing in a very awkward, uh, position. I noticed the weakness. I you noticed it, you kind of broke through it, and you dismantled the gun to pretty much nothing. And then, just for fun, I kind of show my back to her with the tattoo. And just go. Armena, he's stand back. The woman shows up her arms and it's in a very defensive stand. This one, you cannot see any air. Lucian snaps back to attention again. Ooh, just don't pinch my nipples. I'm not fond of that kind of thing. <laughs> She's gonna go ahead and. Actually, so, what is your CMD? Okay, CMD. <laughs> 22. Is that it? Yeah. She's going to essentially hook her leg behind yours, pull you down, grab you by the chest, and push you to the ground. However, you were able to do a reversal. Okay, so roll for reversal. So, as she hooks her leg around your leg, what would you do? Okay, I'm able to do a reversal. So I'm falling down to the ground. She has her legs hooked on mine. Um, my arm is going to come, hook around her neck, and basically my other arm is going to pull her stomach up and flip her onto her back. Suplex? Basically a suplex. <laughs> and you so essentially saying, as right? you try to pull her down, it essentially if kind she, of gets a tangled mess where she just falls. So the female is gone. Okay, so... She's, like, on the floor, kind of writhing in pain. And the the drunk male is going to go ahead and take a swing at you. Oh, what a failure. He kind of does this, like, boxing, like, ghetto boxing, and he just throws his fucking fist. So... You can't forget the signature. I got this. (laughs) I got this. (laughs) <laughs> I got this. Alright, so Lucian naturally dodges this shitty-ass swing, and he just turns his back again and goes, <laughs> and, then, and the guy has Showing, to flexing his tattoo. Then he's gonna go in and try and swing again. 17. He gets you right on the chin. Right Damn. on the chin. Lucian's like, 
clasping his chin through his uh, little makeshift mask. Shit, I shouldn't have turned my back to you. Mm-hmm. Fuck. He kind of stumbles around. Does he have enough? You can okay. attack him. So he's going to uh, actually just slap him for fun. Just slap him. You slap him. <laughs> just slap him across the face. Hey, not the chin. He's kind of confused, and he's like, you know what, fuck this. And he goes ahead and goes to swing at you. And he gets you right on the side of the head. He slaps him again. Oh, he slaps the living he, he life out of him. To the ground. He essentially kind of raises up, upper uppercutting his slap, and raising him just up in the air. I said, and he's not the chin. Or not the face, you should say that. Still, yeah, I said not the face. <laughs> and two of them are out, and you're, and the Altic is kind of quivering in fear. That dude best be on the ground. Hold on, hold on. Essentially, when you get slapped so hard, you kind of do like a twist, and you just fall. Yeah. Yeah. Why? I'm not a one. Lucy's just kind of laughing. Oh god. I, did I take it too far? Oh god. On the floor, see that the male is kind of rubbing his cheek, ebbing it a little bit. And he goes, Who the hell are you, man? Uh. Oh, man, enough. Calm down. And she runs to him and she and, and she's like, Are you okay, dear? I'm fine. It's just a while they're cuddled, While they're uh, huddled together over there, Lucian unfolds, unwraps the uh, shirt from his face and just dons it normally. Pulls out his badge. Lieutenant, Lucian Arlord. Yes, yes. Mena, enough. You give me a headache. <coughs> Clearly a superior. Should have known. There's a female kind of like Cracks all her fucking bones. <laughs> She's trying, kind of like stretching it out and shit. She's like, uh, great. You know, you're pretty drunk and in a dirty part of the city. Should be expecting this and maybe you should, uh, not be so hot-headed next time. Maybe you just like getting in trouble. Ain't that right, Lulu? Lucian's um, eyes immediately burst open at the sound. Lulu? He recognizes that voice. As you turn around, you see a man very slick back hair. Kinda, you know, illusionesque. And he has a bat baseball bat and he's resting his arms on top of it. That's right. Here's Johnny Alright guys, we're gonna go ahead and cut the episode there. Thank you so much for playing along. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, story-rich elements in, in this world. Sorry we couldn't get into combat, but who knows? With Johnny around, kind of you never combat. know. It was kind of combat, but it was kind of like skill challenge combat. <laughs> I was waiting for him to roll 20. It was. It really was. So. What? Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's why he slapped him so hard and twisted around. <laughs> slapped the life out of him. Seriously. So, that is the story of... That is chapter one of Conquest of Spaces. So, thank you guys for listening so much. Uh, of course, I'm your dungeon master, Alex. And I'm going to shamelessly plug everything I do here. So, we're going to be on Twitter, at 20Astronomics, uh, or Astronomic, 
Unfortunately, I couldn't get the, you know, the actual title, which is actually funny. But, hey, I got Twitter at least, and it says the correct stuff anyway. So, we also have SoundCloud, because soundcloud.com slash xlongly20. You'll see our episode 0, episode 1, and now this is episode 2. Except, you know, episode 1 was Fall of Seven Kingdoms, chapter 1. So, we're going to do an alternate kind of switch between the two stories, and it's going to be great. Um, we're also on iTunes, so go ahead and give us a review if you wish. Give us some ratings and stuff. Really appreciate it. And, um, seems to be it. Me personally, you can contact us at, well, me personally, you can contact me because I'm the one regularly running the, e- uh, the email, which is at ashnomi20 at gmail.com. We'll be accepting any any comments, any things that you were interested in the show, anything, any uh, constructive criticism, whatever you wish. I am accepting applications for guest stars and even potential longtime players. May or may not have some players that may or may not look like. Hey, but hey, this is this is just Starfinder's uh, campaign. And also join our our Pathfinder campaign, which is soups dope. So we're gonna go from there. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I'm gonna shamelessly plug myself in this. I'm gonna be s- somewhat trying to do a Twitch TV thing. I'd like to have my shit started, and then you know, now that I've got myself normalized, I'm gonna be on Twitch TV as Musk Dupansu. Alright, anyone else wanna shamelessly plug themselves? What kind of name is that? Well, you don't know about Musk Dupans? Master Pants? Do you want to- Musk! M-A-S-K-D-U-P-A-N-T-S-U. Okay. okay. The Musk of the Pants. Mask of two pants. <laughs> if you ever- if you ever watch Shio Meta, if you ever watch Shio Meta, whatever, perverted fucking anime, uh, there's a dude with on panties on her face, yeah, yeah. and he wrestles, I uh, know, I think this is a different show. And he wrestles, and he calls himself Musk Dupants. So okay. basically, Musk. Okay. Mask. Yeah, okay, well, Musk Dupants. Like mask, Musk. <laughs> anyway, uh, anyone else want to shamelessly plug themselves in? No, it's bad. Yeah, no, I'm good. You good? Okay. Um, I will be working on attempting to make fun art for art events. If you are interested in art commissions, um, I am at facebook.com slash kuromitsuki k-u-r-o-m-i-t-s-u-k-i and you can also find me in DeviantArt at Dark Metally so check me out, like it, share it, and support it guess what's gonna happen soon? it's gonna be our favorite con of all time. I don't know what's your favorite con. But it's our favorite con. Favorite okay, con. okay. That's why I'm like. Oh, okay. I was Omni like... Expo, guys. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Omni Expo is gonna be coming up soon. Uh, we have the de- some sort of details, and we're gonna be actually performing a great live show known as Mado Combat. Yeah. Which I will probably try and put as a uh, as a podcast or a live recording. Well, yeah, hopefully actually view it. Yes. Uh, I, 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 I might be working on that. 
Alright then, so that is all our plugs. Enjoy. Submit anything you like. Ask us questions. Wait, wait, wait. Thank you guys for listening so much. You have a wonderful night. And guess what, guys? Always strive for 20s. Always, always. <laughs> <laughs>